Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Oh yeah, we are living large, living large. All right, church, how's everybody doing today? Come on, let's welcome all of our locations. All of our campuses, we are so glad that you're with us today as we kick off this new series, Living Large. And uh, before we get into today's message, I do want to just speak to all of our men for just a moment. What Pastor Matt was talking about and your, your campus pastors there, the Promise, the Big Promise Keepers Conference is this year, it's in Jacksonville and it's right here at Celebration Church. And uh, I really want all of our men to attend. It's gonna be a very, very powerful event. It's just uh, Friday night and Saturday morning, and it's gonna be a real powerful time, and uh, it's gonna kinda launch, uh, launch a great summer of things that we have for our guys. We have some a, a great Father's Day planned for you. We got another uh, man night right after Father's Day. We got a lot of new men's groups uh, launching this summer, and uh, so we really want you to be a part of that. So. Um, we're gonna go ahead and get into today's message. Uh, I just wanna say up front that I'm kinda fighting the crud. Who's been fighting the crud uh, this, this month? I'm kinda fighting a thing. I don't think I'm contagious or anything like that. I just think it's the, the old crud that comes every now and then. And so my voice uh, has kinda been in and out this weekend. So I just wanna let you know that even though I might not look like it on the outside, I'm fired up on the inside. All right, and so, uh, and uh, so, uh, I'm really excited about this series, and um, I think it's really, really gonna gonna help us. Uh, I want to give the uh, read the, kind of the theme scripture for this series. It's out of Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. It says, "The world of the generous gets larger." and larger. Come on, how many of you want your world to get larger and larger? Yeah. But the world of the stingy, see some of you didn't even know that word stingy was in the Bible. It's there. Because someone has, has called you stingy before, but you're like, well, that word's not really in the Bible. I'm not really sure if that, oh, it applies. It can apply. Okay. I'm only kidding. It says the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. And this scripture is real typical of all the scriptures in the Bible that talk about generosity or talk about giving or talk about stewardship and that it's real interesting. They never talk about the impact that your generosity is gonna have. It never talks about, and the church is gonna expand, you know, and, and, and all these people are gonna be, uh, you know, one over into heaven, or, you know, all these people are gonna get relief and help. In fact, every single scripture in the Bible, when it refers to giving or generosity, it doesn't talk about what your giving does for others, it talks about what it does for you. And God is very strategic, and there's a very powerful purpose and principle in that. And that's what we're going to look at today, and that's what we're going to look at over this series. And so today, I want to talk to you about uh, uh, stewardship, about this principle of the first, about tithing, and, and in the big picture context, what is God communicating to us through this? God wants your world to get larger but for your world to get larger, 
we need to understand not only, or, or let me say it this way, if you wanna really live large, you have to understand who's in charge. So that's why I've entitled this first message, Large and in Charge. Large and in charge, and it's not you. Let's pray, Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your word. <clears throat> God, I just pray for the Holy Spirit, Lord, just help me preach today with my voice and everything else, God. Lord, I know this message is just so, so important for us to engage and embrace, Lord, and we just thank you so much for what you're gonna do. We, we just lean into your word right now in Jesus' name, and everybody said Amen and amen. You know, when we think about somebody living large, what we usually think about is, is what they have. You know, they have a lot of stuff or they have a lot of money, you know, and they're out there just living large, you know. They're, they're rolling, we be rolling. They're rolling out there. You're like, man, that, that, that guy's living large. But it's interesting. When we think of living large, we think about what people have. But when God talks about living large, he talks about how you live. See, and that's the key principle for understanding what living large is all about. And really, what you have is in terms of what, what God wants to give you, it is directly connected to how you live, or we could say, how you steward. And it really is important to understand if you wanna live large, the foundational principle of that is really understanding who is in charge. So what I wanna do is I wanna walk you, today I wanna walk you for, uh, through like this five-point process, this five-point process that is gonna help you frame your mind. It's gonna help give you the right perspective of what it really means to live your life in a way that you're honoring God and you're living your life like God's in charge. Listen, if you can get this principle right, if you can get this foundational principle of generosity right, I promise you, your world will get larger and larger and larger and God will keep giving you more and more and more and he'll keep giving you more opportunities and opening doors. Come on, we serve a large God and he wants you to live a large life. He does. So come on, I'm gonna unpack these. I'm gonna go over a lot of scriptures Today, I hope you got your Bibles or I hope you got your iPhones that you can pull the Bible up on or you can just follow me on the screen. You know my rule, if you are looking at your phone, it needs to be the Bible and not a video game. Okay, so, first principle here. God is the owner and we are the stewards. God is the owner and we are the stewards. That word steward, it, it, it's a biblical word. It, it really just means, it, it comes from the same word as like household manager. Like, like there's an owner of the house and you're in that owner's house and, and you are managing the resources, you're managing the affairs of the house. God is the owner and we are the stewards. So you might be thinking, well, what is the God, God the owner of? I'm glad you asked. Let's look at a few verses here. Genesis chapter one, one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So he owns all of that. Psalms 24, one and two. The earth is the Lord's. You know, just in case we weren't sure on, okay, define earth, God. Okay, so, and everything in it. You know, I looked up that word everything in the Hebrew. It means everything. It was fascinating. It's a crazy word. The earth is the Lord and everything in it, look, 
the world, all who live in it. <laughs> you see what God's doing here? Just kind of expanding the definition here of who's the owner, of who's in charge. He goes on to say, all who live in it, for look, he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the water. So, so, so here's kind of the, the truth here. If God made it, God owns it. If God made it, God owns it. So you might be thinking, well, man, you know, I'm a self-made man and everything I've done, I've done for myself. Listen, you, you could not have done anything if God would not have allowed you to breathe his air. His sunshine, everything else. He's given each and every one of us gifts and talents and abilities. He, he's given us a purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made and he's given you everything that you need to be successful and live large. We're breathing his air. All of everything that we use, it's God. So God is the owner and we are stewards. And, and look what Jesus says, how this pertains to our relationship with him. Look what Jesus says in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Look at this. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. In other words, whoever stewards well with little will also steward well or manage well with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Look, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. It's amazing how so many times, you know, we, we think, man, can I trust God? But really the question is, can God trust you? We can trust God. The question is, when it comes to how your life looks, and is your life gonna be blessed, the question is, can God trust you? And so many times people think, well, you know, if I, if I just had more stuff, if I had more money, then I could be generous. If I had more of this, no, here's what God's saying. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter what you have. What matters is how you live or how you manage or how you steward. And if you steward well with a little, guess what? God will give you more and you're steward well with much. If you don't steward well with little, you're not gonna steward well if your circumstances change or God can give you more. Look how Jesus says this specifically with finances here in Luke chapter 16. Look what he says. So if you have, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? God wants to give us so much more than just material blessings and financial blessings. He says, look, who will trust you with true riches? And if you, you know, I, I'm gonna just step out on, on a limb here. That's so powerful. And one of the things that I think God is talking about there is, is people. In other words, if, if, if I can't trust you with money, what makes you, what, how in the world can I trust you with something far more important than money? And that's people. Some of you single people, you need to start tithing and all of a sudden God will show you who to marry. And you know what? You'll see your, your spouse as belonging to God and not just belonging to you. Oh, that will preach up in here. Well, our staff, our staff has to tithe. Why? How, how, how can I trust them to handle people as God's people if they're not handling their money as God's money? 
oh, just fist bump someone and say, oh, he's, he's getting into business today. It's going to be good. Look what he says. He says, you know, if you've not been trustworthy with the true riches and if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? So here's all, all I want to say. If you want to live large, then live as a good steward. That's all Jesus is saying. You want to live large, then live as a good steward. So God's the owner, we're the stewards, and that helps us understand as we kind of go down this progression here. Look at, the, look at the next thing here. Number two, God is first and cannot be second. Not won't be second, he cannot be second. He is first. You know, there are some things that God cannot do. You know that deep philosophical question, is there anything God can't do? There's a lot of things God can't do. He can't be stopped. He can't do evil. And he can't be second. He is first. When God is first, everything comes into order. Why is God first? Because God created the universe. He's first in the universe. That is the order. The proper order is that God is first. When God is first, everything comes into order. When God is not first, everything falls out of order. So watch, that's why here at Celebration, what do we say? When order is restored, then blessing is released. So many people think the key to happiness in life is about getting more of this or getting a new that or, 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 or getting away from this. Listen, happiness in life is not about getting more. Happiness in life is about getting your life in the right order. When order is restored, blessing is released. So think about when God created the world, right? It was an order. It was Adam and Eve. What were they? Stewards, managers of God's earth. He gave them the garden. Everything was great. Everything was in order. Now watch. Here he comes down and, and watch. This is the first of many times all throughout the Bible where God teaches Adam and Eve the principle of the first. And we'll see it unfold throughout the Bible in, in things like this, the firstborn, the first fruits, the tithe, which is the first portion or the first 10%. Why did God choose 10%, not 8%, not 12%? Well, I don't know. I think, you know, for people like me, you know, 10% is pretty easy. I can usually figure that one out. I don't need a calculator for that one. Don't forget, I got an A in consumer math. Don't forget. And also, 10 in the Bible is the number of testing. 10 plagues in Egypt, 10, uh, 10 was the number of testing with the virgins, with the oil, 10 the number of days testing in the book of Revelations. 10 in the Bible is always the number of testing. And so what we see starting in Genesis, watch, way before the law, way before all that kind of stuff, what we see is this principle of the first where God starts to teach humanity this powerful principle that what? He must be first, for life to work. He must be first for things to be in order. And when things are in order, Jesus said, seek first kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6, is why our mission statement here at Celebration Church is what we're leading people to experience, what a God first life. I just know if you can get the order right, come on, God will begin to work everything else out in your life. So watch, what do you do? When things are in order, they work. When they're not in order, they fall apart. 
So here's Adam and Eve stewards in the garden. Here's what God says. Hey, look, y'all, y'all be living large. Y'all have everything. You have the whole garden. You got all this stuff. You know, enjoy everything except there's one thing. There's gonna be one part, small part, if you look at it percentage-wise, one small part of this garden. And you don't touch that. You don't eat of that. That's, that's my tree. And I've given you everything. I own all of this. I'm letting y'all enjoy everything except there's one tree here you don't eat out of. That is consecrated to me. What was he teaching them? God is first. And there will always be a practice in our lives that remind us as we live that God is first. And because he's blessed us so much, he deserves the rightful place in our hearts. And that is first. And when that happens, life works. What happened? What did they do? They partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Everything fell apart. Went out of order, everything fell apart. God is first, he can't be second. So then let's walk, let me show you this scripture in Genesis chapter four and three. So, so here's their kids now. So now God's trying to teach the kids the lesson here. So here's Cain and Abel. It says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground of the Lord. It doesn't say the first fruits where God's honored as first. What does it say? It says, you know, after some time, Cain's harvest came up. He kind of looked around. He's, you know, he, he, he partook of it. And then he kind of saw what else was there, you know, and, and he, he brought that to God. See, Cain gave God what he want when he wanted. He didn't bring him the first. Look what it says. It says, and Abel also brought of the firstborn, firstborn of his flock and the fat. Look at this. And, God, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. That means he received it as an act of worship. But he, God, did not respect Cain and his offering. In other words, he wouldn't even receive it. Why? Because God must be first. He cannot be second. He can be second in your life and he'll love you all the same. But what I'm saying is when it comes to worship, God cannot be second. When you surrender your life to Jesus, Jesus is your Lord. There are not other Lords in your life. Jesus is your Lord. He will not be second. There is one Savior, come on, there is one Lord. He will not be second. And when we worship God, and when we give to God, it's the same way. He will not be second. So here's what that means. Whoa, where did that go? So here's what that means. Watch. So basically, Abel, what Abel did, his, his animal had an offspring, the firstborn. Here's the thing. Imagine how excited Abel was. Man, here's the firstborn. This is, this is resources back in those days. This is money. This is income. This is awesome. Watch this. Abel, he didn't know if that animal was going to have any more babies. He, did, he, he, had to, he didn't know, but here's what he knows. Hey, God is first. God is my provider, not this animal. God can use this animal. Come on, I'm not, some of y'all like, yeah, God can use that animal, my boss, he's been. No, I'm not, <laughs> your boss is not an animal. 
God uses your employer or God uses things in your life to bless you, but who's the blesser? Who's the ultimate source? God is. So here's what that takes. I don't know if that animal's gonna have any more uh, you know, babies, so I don't know if there's gonna, but you know what, I'm bringing this first one to God in an act of worship, watch. I'm showing God, he is first in my life, not my money, not my resources, not my things. I'm showing God that he is more, the giver is more important than the gifts. Oh, come on, you can clap better than that. Y'all gotta help me up in here, I'm sick. message. <laughs> the anointing's going to hit me and I'm going to get all healed up during this message. Too many followers of Jesus, like Cain, are just giving God what they want, when they want. And that's why life is not working. And it will never work until this order is established where God is first. When he is first, order is restored and blessing is released. And let me say this, even if God is not first in your life, he's still first. Even if he's not first in your life, he's, he's still first in the universe. Here's what I'm trying to say. You're, 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 belief system doesn't change the truthful order. Are you following me? The order is the order. You might say, well, that works for you. That doesn't work for me. No, it works because God is first, regardless of who believes it or not. I'm just telling you. And at the end of the day, here's what God's saying. With our relationship, because of whom I am, because of what I've given to you, I need you to understand this principle of the first, that when it comes to worship, you give me the first. What that does is, that keeps your heart in the right place, that keeps me in the right place or the right order, and so now I can bless you, I can give you more, faithful and little, faithful and much, I can give you more, and life can begin to work the way I want it to work. Do you see? We don't give God the leftovers. Think about this. How many of you, if you had like a really a distinguished guest coming to your home, you wouldn't serve he or she the leftovers, right? Some of y'all are like, I serve leftovers to everybody. You wouldn't serve a distinguished guest the leftovers, why? Think about this. What does it communicate to your guest, your distinguished guest? It communicates that you don't value their presence in your home. And what it also shows, watch, watch, is what you are serving them has already been partaken of. Do you see? It's already been eaten off of. It's already been partaken of. What did Cain do? He ate off what was God's. He gave God the leftovers. God's saying, no, 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 you got it all wrong. You bring me the first 
something that we're gonna see here that the Bible calls holy or consecrated. You bring, I don't want what you've already eaten off of. I want the first and then watch. All your other stuff, I will bless it. I will multiply it. I will make the rest of your stuff, the rest of your 90%, it will go way further with my blessing than your 100% without my blessing. Come on, give me my hand for that. Let's look at the next. Okay, now, now follow me here. This is important. Everybody say this is important. This is, this is, the, this is, the, this is, this is where, how this turns and begins to practice in our everyday life. Number three, the first must be sacrificed or redeemed. The first must be sacrificed or redeemed. Once again, this is what God teaches humanity. Genesis to Revelation, okay? Now look at what it says in Exodus 13. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, consecrate, there's that word consecrate. Consecrate, that means it's set apart. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was consecrated, it was set apart to only God. It shouldn't have been partaken of. Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb of the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. The first belongs to who? God. Look at the next scripture. Exodus 13, 12 and 13. It says, then you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. All the males shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck, and all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So watch. Here's what God was teaching. God was teaching that, look, there's the unclean and there's the clean, okay? So if it's a clean animal like a lamb, okay, the first is, the firstborn is sacrificed, okay? But if it's an unclean animal like a donkey, you can't sacrifice the donkey. That's, I'm not second. I have to have a clean sacrifice. So what you can do is you can take a lamb instead for the donkey and you can sacrifice a lamb, a clean animal, for the unclean, and if you sacrifice the clean in place of the unclean, guess what? That unclean is redeemed. It is now declared clean, or it is blessed. Are you following me? But here's the principle that God was teaching, and this is so powerful. Okay, so here's the thing. You have an unclean animal? Okay, you can either bring it to me, or you can kill it. In other words, you can use it, or you can lose it. Either way, you're not gonna keep it. Are you following me? Because the first belongs to God. So many people think that they're keeping their tithe. I'm telling you right now, if you're keeping it, you're losing it. You can use it or you can lose it. The first belongs to God. Okay, it will be lost. Now, keep that thought. Watch me or follow me. It will be lost. Think about this. Humanity, we, we are born what? Unclean. We are unclean. So for us to be redeemed, right? Bought back, brought into a relationship with God, blessed. For us to be redeemed, what had to happen? There had to be a sacrifice 
of the clean so that the unclean could be redeemed. If there was no sacrifice, a clean sacrifice, a spotless sacrifice, a pure sacrifice for humanity, humanity would what? Be lost. Humanity would die. So what did God do? He sent his first, his firstborn Jesus as the perfect, sinless, spotless, clean sacrifice to be sacrificed for us, the clean for the unclean, so God could redeem us back to him and we could be blessed. Oh, come on, somebody clap. Do you see? So if you're, if you're you know, if you're new to, to, to walking with Jesus and you get, you know, and you read Exodus, Leviticus, what's God's deal? All these animals and clean and unclean this and turtle doves and breaking donkeys neck. I mean, what is the deal with God and the animals? He's teaching a practice, a, such a valuable lesson and even a foreshadowing of this principle of the first. That's why it breaks my heart when people think of tithing as it's a money deal or it's a whatever, just giving to the church or, or doing that. It is so much more than that. It is such an issue of the heart. It communicates so much to us and does so much in us. And as we see there, what was Jesus? He was God's firstborn. The Bible even says the first fruits among many brethren. Well, Jesus was God's tithe in that respect. God gave his first. He gave the best. He sacrificed the clean for the unclean. And come on, now we have been redeemed back to God. God is so good. He's so, so good. Just remember this. When you give God, so watch this. Let's relate this to your finances, all right? There's a clean portion in your finances. There's a consec, I'm gonna show you this in just a second. There's a consecrated portion in your finances. There's a portion of your finances that has the power to redeem the rest. And I'm telling you, if you don't bring it to God, you're gonna end up losing it anyway. And that portion is the first 10%. That is the sanctified holy portion that God says, you bring that, you bring that to me and that will redeem or bless the rest. That's how God causes your finances to work so much better with 90% with him than 100% without him. And what that does is open the door for God to now bless you with more and more and more and more as you continue to be faithful and put him first. Look at the next thing. Number four, the first fruits or first part of your income is to be offered to God as an act of worship through your local church. Look what Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says. It says, honor the Lord. Everybody say honor. I mean, it's an act of worship. God can't be second. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits, the first part of all of your increase. So your barns 
These are like, you know, farmer's terms, terms here. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats, whatever that is, a vat, I guess it's a big like bucket of wine or something, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Everybody say overflow. You know what scriptures like this tell us? You know what scriptures like the theme scripture tell us? You know what scriptures like Jesus tell us, tells us in Matthew, you know, give, it'll be given back, back to you, pressed down, shaken over, overflowing, running into your lap. You ever thought about this? God doesn't determine how blessed you are, you do. I need to say, God, God doesn't determine how blessed you are, you do. What does God do? He gives you the potential to really live large and be blessed. But you coming into that potential is up to you, being a faithful and wise steward. Leviticus 27, 30, all the tithe of the land, that's all of it, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, look, it's the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. It's consecrated. It belongs to him. It's the portion of your finances that has the power to redeem or bless the rest and bless the rest of your life. Exodus 23, 19, it says, the first of the first fruits you shall bring, everybody say bring, into the house of the Lord your God. You're gonna bring it and you're gonna bring it to the house of the Lord. Where's the house of the Lord? That is your local church. That's where you go to church. That's where you regularly come to honor God as, as, as first. If celebration is not your home church, then you don't give your tithe here, but you do give it to some local church. It's the one that's your home church. Are you following me? Real interesting here. It doesn't say give your tithe. It says what? Bring your tithe. Why? Because you can't give something that you don't own. I'll let that sink in, just. You can't, if, if, if I'm gonna give you a gift, it has to be from me, it's I, I, I own it. God doesn't say, give your tithe, he says what? He says, bring your tithe. Why, because he owns it all. He's the owner anyway, back to the very first point. So that's why, here's what God's saying. He's saying, look, I own it all. All I'm asking you for, I'm asking you for this sacred portion, the first in other words, you get $1,000, okay, before you figure out this is going here, that's going there, and all that, the first, before you make a budget, the first 10, 100, guess what? That is my sacred, holy portion that I bring or I return to God. Are you following me? Here's what happens when you do that. By giving God that portion, you're saying, God, you are first in my life, not my money. Lord, I'm trusting you for provision, not my stuff. God, I'm putting you in the rightful place so that my life can be in order and it can work. It's gonna keep you in the rightful place, God, and it's gonna keep my heart in the rightful place. And watch, and it's a reminder to us that God gave his first, Jesus, so we could get in our rightful place, a relationship with him and be redeemed. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying today? And you bring that to God and then guess what? That's gonna allow the rest to be blessed. So, so, so my, my wife, Carrie, so this is real interesting. Over the past month, Carrie has like become like some kind of farmer. 
No, 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 she planted a garden in our backyard. I didn't even know she was doing it. She kept saying, you know, I might want to plant a, a garden. All of a sudden I come home, she's like, come look at my garden. And she's got these boxes of soil out there. And she's like, this is this plant. This is going to do uh, this. And this is cucumbers. And this is this kind of pepper. And this is this. And she's explaining it all to me. You know, I'm acting like I'm interested. And we're just going... We're just kind of, kind of going through the, the, the process here. And she's been so excited about her garden. So yesterday, Saturday, she comes in the house and she says, I got my first bell pepper. She's all, I mean, she's into it, man. I saw on the table, she had like the farmer's almanac. There's a farmer's almanac on my table. My, my, my wife is turning into like a farmer. And uh, she comes in yesterday. She says, I have my first bell pepper. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. I mean, you got like a whole stalk out there. Why did you, why did you take this one off? She said, oh, well, I, I read that when, you know, the, the stalk or when whatever the, the plant, when it comes up, the first one that sprouts and that's kind of ready, you need to pull that off of the stalk and by taking off the first one, even though you don't know how many else are gonna come out, how are they gonna look? By taking off the first one, it actually provides more nutrients for the rest of the plant, and you're gonna get a bigger harvest with bigger bell peppers, but you have to give or you have to pluck the first one. Come on, you don't realize this God. He's got a harvest for you. It's gonna be bigger, it's gonna be better once you learn the principle of the first. <laughs> Honey, thank you for becoming a gardener because now I'm gonna get all these Things I read in the Bible, I mean, we're, gonna, we're gonna look at the vine and the branches, the harvest, the sowing, the reaping. Oh, I was looking at the farmer's almanac. Here's the first thing I saw. You never reap when you sow. You always reap later than you sow. But if you don't sow, you don't reap. I just saw the principle of the, the first right there with a bell pepper yesterday. She didn't even know I was preaching this message. Come on, God will use a bell pepper. He'll use Last thing, last thing. <clears throat> tithing, I just wanna say this. Tithing is the holy expression and the practice of remembering. Everybody say remembering. It's the holy expression and the practice of remembering God gave us his first and therefore we gladly give our first. If you think about this, there are two, you know, there's baptism, there's marriage, but there's two other practices in the New Testament, two other practices that we would consider sacred that involve, watch, sacred portions, things that are holy to the Lord, as we just read about. One is communion, okay? That's holy to the Lord. What do we do at communion? Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, we take communion, some of you in your groups, you take it weekly. As a corporate body, we take it once a month. And what happens is, at communion is this. We remember what Jesus went through so that we could have forgiveness. 
What we have for free cost him everything. His broken body, his blood was shed so that we could have remission of sins. So watch. Communion, watch, it helps us remember that what we experience for free cost him everything. And that forgiveness, what is it? It's sacred. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. So see, communion, we think of God's forgiveness. Tithing, when you practice that, in the same way, it's about remembering that when we bring God that first portion online, here in the seats, set it up, reoccur, whatever that is, when we bring God that first portion, when you see it on your balance book or your checkbook or whatever it is, when you see that first portion taken out, you know what that is? It's really a sacred moment where you remember God gave his first for you so that you could be redeemed and come back to him. And therefore, we gladly, Lord, in just a small way, we gladly, Lord, give you our first. We remember, Lord, that life doesn't work when it's out of order. We remember, God, you must be first. So when you think of communion, God is forgiveness. When you think of tithing, God is first. Both of these are crucial practices whereby we bring into remembrance these crucial, crucial truths and principles about our relationship with God. Come on, can you give God a hand? I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna please ask, please ask, no one leave, no one leave. Give me, give me, give me, give me, it's, it's 1238 right now. Give me, give me three minutes here to pray. I just want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes at all of our locations. Just, just real quickly, here's what I need to do. From a relational standpoint, if you would say, Stovall, Jesus is not first in my life. I've drifted far from God, or maybe he's never really been Lord or Savior. And you realize, listen, God, he must be first. There is one Lord and there is one Savior. To be redeemed, he must be received and honored as first in your life. That's what it means to make Jesus your Lord. If you say, Stovall, I, I need to commit or recommit my life to Jesus and, and surrender and make him my Lord. If that's you, will you just slip up a hand real quick? No, uh, I just want you to raise it high to God. Yes, 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 yes. Hands are up all over the place. You can put them down. Now I'm gonna ask this question. If you'd say, Stovall, Jesus, I've surrendered my life to Jesus, but I realize today I haven't been honoring him in other areas, my finances, maybe other areas. I haven't been honoring him as first. And I realize today that he must be first, that he is the owner. And if I don't use this, I, I will lose it. And that God wants to bless me. If he, can, if he can trust me with what I have, he will bless me with more. And so therefore, from this point forward, I'm not gonna ask you when, how, where, or whatever, but from this point forward, you're gonna really put God first in your finances and in any other area. Would you just raise your hand right now? Hands are up all over the place, all over the place. You can put them down. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. 
I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer, mean it with your heart if you raised your hand. In fact, church, let's all say this prayer together. Help these two groups of people that, that raise their hands. It's just a great declaration of faith as we go into an ending worship song here. Say this, say this, say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I repent of my sin. And Lord, I honor you as first. I put you first. I worship you as first. As my Lord and Savior and in every other area of my life. Jesus, I thank you that you've redeemed me, that you've forgiven me, and I have everlasting life. And Lord, I thank you that as I put you first in my finances and in other areas, God, you're going to bless me. Lord, you're gonna enlarge me. God, you're gonna move in new ways as I honor you as first. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Come on, let's stand up. Let's worship God one more time. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.